We will find more bodies and we will not stop until we find all of our children. We will do a search of every Indian residential school site and we won't stop there. We will also search all of the sanatoriums, the Indian hospitals and all of the sites where people were taken and abused, tortured, neglected and murdered. We will tell the stories of our children, of our people who died. That is the voice of Chief Bobby Cameron, who spoke uh, today about the 751 unmarked graves found on the grounds of Maryvale Residential School, which no longer exists today, but is probably better likened to a prison for hundreds of Indigenous kids who were forcibly taken from their parents and then put into this school so that the church, aided by the government, could essentially erase their heritage, their culture, and take the native out of the child. And um, these unmarked graves, as we're learning, aren't just children, but adults are likely buried there as well. We don't know if all of them uh, died of, of the same thing, illness, uh, abuse, uh, murder, uh, rape. We just don't know. We're still waiting to find out. But what we do know is that this is just the latest grim finding of what I think will be many in the coming years in this country. Heather Bear is Vice Chief with the Federation of Sovereign Indigenous Nations, and Heather, you're also a survivor of the Maryvale Residential School. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, thank you, and uh, I appreciate uh, uh, being on the program. Uh, just, uh, just to clarify, uh, I'm a survivor of uh, Labrette Residential School, but uh, I was a day scholar at the residential school in Maryvale as well. Okay. Uh, we were bused in as uh, students. Mm -hmm. uh, and you were there in the 70s. Ended. I mean, so you were there um, for for a number of years in the 70s. You know, take us back then, um, because I think Canadians really have heard little bits and pieces of this. We weren't taught about this in school. We're learning now, but certainly didn't know back then what these schools were doing to, to kids like you, people like you. Well, you know, the residential school went... Uh, uh, you know, at that time, uh, of course, we uh, everything was kind of hush-hush in terms of, uh, you know, the abuses that went on prior to my time, more prior to my time, uh, you know, being that, uh, you know, 1972 Indian control of Indian education. But uh, uh, my grandmother spoke of uh, her time at another school. So there, there, were, there are a number of stories, our oral traditions. Uh, and, uh, you know, there were quiet whispers about, uh, you know, the sexual abuse, mental, physical, uh, you know, the language being stripped away, uh, you know, the priests and, and the nuns and, you know, the abuse and the sexual abuse that went on. So it was a, it was a, a quiet whisper, uh, you know, the shame-based, we know and understand now those are shame-based issues that, uh, uh, were put upon our our children, right? So uh, it was through through time that uh, these stories, you know, began to surface, and of course, uh, uh, with uh, you know, truth and reconciliation, and where we are now. But you know, uh, I think you know what's horrifying is uh, you know we we learned we learned that we knew that things like that happened. But everything was always kept so quiet. And, mm -hmm. uh, well, of course, uh, you know, the whole uh, system, if, if you were a parent and had a uh, child, didn't want your child to 
to go to school if you didn't let them go while you were put in jail, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, just can you can you imagine? And you know, I also put the question out there. You know, you know, cemeteries at in schoolyards. I mean, they should have been having playgrounds, right? You know, and uh, mm-hmm. so many. There's so many that didn't want their children to go. None of them wanted their children to leave, but some left. You know, let them go thinking they were going to learn and and uh, you know uh, uh, be educated, and that didn't happen. Yeah. It was just a a, a government a government uh, uh, funded uh, concentration camp. You know, let me let me ask you this, because, you know, when, when we step back now and, and start seeing the picture, I mean, certainly as a, as a young kid, I, I didn't learn about this in my history class. We didn't learn about this in any of our indigenous studies. And you start to think, OK, there's probably a reason we didn't learn about this. And that would be that the Canadian government didn't want it to be taught in the schools. Um, you know, who wants to talk about this? And so that's why it, it, it remained a whisper. And so it's going to take survivors like yourself to educate uh, not just you know my generation, older generations, but generations coming up about uh, our history and about uh, correcting and, and reconciling what has happened. Um, but I have to think, um, you know, your whispers are finally being heard, but only because we're starting to find the graves with the bodies. But this was not a secret in your community. This was well known, just no one listened. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a harsh reality. And then, of course, you know, those stories that we carry, and I think about my generation, uh, you know, just coming out of that uh, residential school experience, uh, uh, you know, you think of, uh, you know, our responsibility, you know, to tell those truths and, you know, to talk about. And, you know, of course, now you have a lot of pain and agony that's uh, surfacing, resurfacing, you know, once again, and, uh you know, when we talk about uh, redress and, you know, where do we go from here? Well, I think uh, we need to, uh, healing is paramount in all of this, mm-hmm. but I'm struggling with that uh, in terms of what we l- learned the first time around when it was mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual abuse, you know, uh, those stories and the intergenerational impacts. And we talk about mindful forgiveness, right? The first mm-hmm. step you know, is a big step to healing. And and right now in this moment, when I think about the hundreds of children, and I know there's more, mm-hmm. but how do you fathom forgiveness? Who do we forgive? Canada? Yeah. The priest? The nuns? God? You know, who do we have to forgive in order to move forward? So uh, I think, you know, every First Nation is struggling with... Uh, you know, uh, you know, a little bit of open, you know, these wounds opening up again. But I believe we're stronger, you know, because of where we are uh, uh, in terms of First Nations uh, rising up again and the revitalization that has come of of our culture, our values, our systems. But we're in the, we have a long way to go. You look at our endangered languages. I mean, the mother tongue. You know, our language tied to the land and, uh, uh, you know, in, in, at, at least at this point in time, you know, we can't change that history, but it needs yeah. to be acknowledged. It need, we, need, uh, we need those records released. You know, we can't sanitize yeah, this absolutely. away, you know, by 
by burning records. Why do they, those are our records, those were our children, those are our descendants. And we demand they, can, those records. Yeah, I, I mean, the church uh, and the government um, must uh, certainly uh, be held to account. Uh, there's lots of blame to go around. When you talk about healing, is that something that First Nations communities will be able to do with Canadians, or do you see um, divisions spreading, or, or is this a moment to come together in your mind? Well, I think, you know, that can be. You know, when we talk about, you know, the sins of our fathers or what, you know, I, I just, uh, uh, I, I think the real challenges here here is, uh, you know, to for our uh, settlers or colonizers, non-first, I mean, our non-first nations peoples to uh, really, you know, try to fully understand the plight and the struggle of our people and, you know, where we are in terms of, uh, uh, you know, the social and economic uh, um, issues that we have, uh, racism, discrimination. I mean, it's, it's, it's rampant uh, in our region and I'm hoping that, uh, you know, the good people will rise up. It can't be just our, our First Nations people speaking out. You know, we need to hear non-First Nations, uh, you know, their calls to action to call on their governments to be accountable so they don't have to live with this legacy. You know, there, there's, uh, I always believe there's uh, hope for this world, you know, if we can come together and, you know, heal together and, uh, you know, right now it's about some anger and some sadness and some, um, you know, uh, I have good neighbors, you know, who are our friends. And uh, uh, I think the education system has a responsibility here and a role to make sure that that history is told right, you right. know, so that, uh, you know, we can put the compassion back to the, our people again because we yeah. are treated like animals. You know, yeah, and, it's almost uh, like when you take the Holocaust survivors in to teach children about, um, you know, the concentration camps and what happened to Jews. The survivors of these residential schools have a real value in, in telling their stories so that uh, we can all learn from them. Exactly. And like I say, uh, no more hiding behind, you know, wherever they hide. Uh, you know, it's it's like I say, I, I struggle personally with... Uh, uh, you know, the horrors and, you know, just to imagine many, many children, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which, which is even worse than the Holocaust. You know, when you just take all the children and leave the people to suffer, you know, the elders, the parents, and 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 leave them to be live pitiful, you know, and there's other harms that have happened too, you know, and when you look at uh, First Nations uh communities with poor infrastructure, poor water and housing and, uh, you know, leave them to suffer there. You know, uh, uh, we need to uh, start looking at uh, true implementation of our treaty and inherent rights and, uh, you know, the revenue resource sharing and, you know, the equality instead of putting us in jails now today, you know, taking our children away still through the, uh, you know, child welfare. You know, it's less political stop. talk and more action. Yeah. Yeah. We need to put an yeah. end to that. And really, we, you need to and make those investments. And, uh, you know, uh, when we talk about land-based healing and revitalization, language, culture, customs, traditions, and uh, start empowering our people, 
and give voice and, you know, give healing. Uh, and, you know, hopefully, you know, down the road, my, my grandchildren will, uh, won't feel the impacts, the intergenerational impacts. And that means trauma, right? And yeah. wounded by addictions and suicide and, uh, you know, the crises that we live with each and every day. You know, the incarceration uh, system, the justice system. It's, it, we need to re- rebuild our nation for and have full inclusion of First Nations as we rebuild we, it, you know. We certainly absolutely have uh, a lot of work ahead. It's not going to be uh, easy, and certainly this is only the beginning. Um, Vice Chief Bear, I very much appreciate you coming on, and I, I hope you'll have another conversation with us. I certainly will. And thank you for allowing me to heal a little bit and do the hard talk. I thank you very much. Yes. Thank that you. is uh, Vice Vice Chief Heather Bear uh, joining us, and uh, she is a survivor. And um, we'll hear more voices like hers, certainly in the days to come, in the weeks to come, months to come. And of course, anyone who um, is experiencing the pain or distress as a result of their experience with residential schools, there's now a 24-hour toll-free and confidential national Indian residential school crisis line, and you can call that at 1-866-925-4419.